You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side by side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. Welcome to Through the Ringer. I'm your host, Tate Frazier. It is Tuesday morning, so you know what that means. Cousin Sal is on the show. Sal, great to see you. Is that what that means? All now, right, I'm excited it, now. It I'm excited for that. Tuesday mornings. Yeah, I missed you last week, Sal. Uh, like I told the, the audience, you were an ace, and Bill Simmons said you had to call you up and, and put you in the game. So you were not on this program. We desperately missed you, uh, but we had John Jastrzemski step in. So that was a lot of fun, but I'm excited to have you back. And uh, we had some I great- heard the ratings were through the roof. I don't know why you changed <laughs> anything, but well, thanks for having me nonetheless. We almost changed the show to through the roof, uh, but we decided to <laughs> against it uh this past week and uh it's exciting to have you back uh we got katie baker from the ringer joining the show later but first and foremost let's talk about this divisional round sal because uh we got the two most dreaded words in buffalo history said again by jim nance and of course i'm talking about wide right let's start there what was that moment like seeing it in real time as the buffalo fans realized that this season was over yet again yeah i mean the two words it's either wide right or scott norwood right yeah, right or, uh, or triple now Tyler wings. Bass. Yeah. yeah, now it's Tyler Bass. And if I'm Tyler Bass, I chase my own kick and make sure it doesn't go right. Like right. Follow I am your running shot. over that. I'm diving over the crossbar <laughs> and, and batting it to the left. At least. You can't put the fans through that misery again. On the other hand, Mahomes is going to come down and score at least a field goal. Mm-hmm. Butker's reliable, right? So it wasn't obviously as heart-wrenching as the Norwood kick, but I am starting to feel bad for this Bills team a little bit. Let's talk about feeling bad because I feel like America at this point is starting to feel bad for Josh Allen. Um, yeah. We saw all the memes after the game getting compared to Phillip Rivers and all these other quarterbacks that have not quite gotten over the hump. Patrick Ewing was another one people were throwing out. Um, do you think we should feel bad for Josh Allen at this point despite how well he has played in the playoffs? Well, I did actually feel really bad. I'm like, oh, man, this is rough. And then I looked it up, and he is set to make $47.1 million <laughs> next year, Tate. That's which good. I also looked up is more than you and I make combined. <laughs> combined, we don't make that much. Um, it does seem like it's tougher every year for him to get over the hump because you got to figure in the divisional round or you know not even the conference championship, in the divisional round, you can count on going against Joe Burrow or Lamar Jackson or Patrick Mahomes. And what Sunday proved is 
the home field advantage doesn't even matter as much, right? So mm. not a huge factor. But again, $47 million. Can't feel too bad. Yeah, he'll be all right. But the cap hit will not be all right when you look at that Bills team next year. So there will be a lot of questions about what the future looks like. Let's talk about Pat Mahomes because, like you said, he got his first road playoff win of his career. There were some question marks how he would play on the road. And, uh, you know, he basically said, uh, you know, response is I can do it and I will do it. And uh, now the expectation is that he could do it again in Baltimore. How did we feel about Mahomes' performance and do you think he kind of got a little bit of uh you know there was a little sliver of doubt that was still there did he get that out out of everybody's head by getting this win I think so. I can only speak for my head Tate and maybe <laughs> right. my kids because legally they're dependents but yes. yes I think they uh I I think it's nice it's a step in the right direction he proved that he could do it on the road and obviously uh, a win against the Ravens puts them up a notch even further, but I don't even know what notch we're trying to get to here because Brady won seven freaking Super Bowls. I, don't, I hope Simmons isn't listening to this, but he's the greatest. That six Super Bowl Patriots team was the best team ever, so the best this team could be is the second best ever, which I think they may hold on to second place alone if they pull it off this year. Yeah, I like that. I think that's a great way to look at it. It, it does feel like sometimes you. you're chasing a ghost of the past, but uh, you, your head's working, Sal, so I'd love yeah. to see that. Let's talk about the other, <laughs> the second biggest game of the weekend. Uh, the Niners taking on the Green Bay Packers. McCaffrey, two touchdowns in this game. Brock Purdy was the main topic of conversation, though, with the glove on, the glove off, him wiping his hands. Uh, he seemed a little dejected in his post-game press conference despite having a game-winning drive. What were your thoughts on the 49ers? Did you lose a little bit of faith in this team by watching them this weekend against Green Bay? I lost a little bit of faith and a lot of money because as soon as that rain came down and Debo Samuel went out, I'm like, oh, my God, how do I get out of this? Now, luckily, there are live lines out there. And by the way, speaking of the live line, on that last drive, the 49ers were favored down points to Green Bay. I was like, wow, this is weird. Quite different than when Buffalo had the ball driving on the Chiefs last night or Sunday night. But, uh, you know, I was surprised. At, you know, Ayuk, Conley, Kittle. That last drive was good for Purdy. He got it together just in time, and then he ran it himself. And then, like you said, McCaffrey scored. That got the weird weirdness of that game out of their system, fought off a game Packers team. But, yes, as far as confidence goes, I mean, look at Shanahan and what he did with a minute left in the first half. We'll talk about it later. But that was weird, just playing for the field goal that ended up being missed. Yeah, and the Debo Samuel situation is a situation now as we look forward uh, to what this team will look like going into the conference championship game. So um, a lot more questions there with the Niners. Let's talk about the Ravens and the Texans. Lamar Jackson answered a lot of doubters in this game. Uh, goes for 252 total yards and four touchdowns in this one. And the Ravens now will host their first AFC championship game. Were you impressed with what you saw from Lamar Jackson? I was, and I was also impressed with the Texans. I mean, don't forget, their offensive coordinator, Bobby Slowick, took some interviews that week, last week, and it didn't matter because that offense came out purring like a kid. Oh, no, it was bad. It was actually bad. <laughs> they scored 10 points, and seven of those points were on a punt return, yeah. and then they got a field goal and a missed field goal. So I don't know about these interviews. That drives me crazy with an offensive coordinator, but let's not take anything away from the Ravens. Um, it is weird that they have not hosted a game at home for the AFC Championship, not even in those Ray Lewis days, right? But they went on the road that year when they beat the uh, Giants in the Super Bowl. Lamar looked like the MVP. I feel like they're finally going to get it right with the MVP, so give it to him. MVP-type performance. Yeah, we'd love to see it. Happy for all the Ravens fans out there and Lamar Jackson, of course. Last game, Sal, we had the Detroit Lions taking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. 
former number one picks playing for different teams, talking about Baker Mayfield and Jared Goff. Goff, his first career playoff game with two passing touchdowns. The crowd was chanting his name, Jared Goff. He said they motivated him to help get this win. How impressive was this win for the Detroit Lions? Uh, it was impressive, but I had plus six and a half, Tate, and I need the wins. <laughs> I need it. If, if Evans just stops short and gets run over, they right. run that two-point conversion play from the one and not the two and a half or whatever it is, and then I have a chance they can lose by six. But nice effort from Tampa, I will say. Not that it mattered. It would have got me from instead of one and nine over the playoffs, that would have been two and eight. Tampa played well. Detroit deserves to be in the championship game. I'm happy for the fans, and I already feel horrible for them for what's about to happen on Sunday. Yeah, it's going to be tough. But for right now, enjoy the, the the good vibes of winning two playoff games. And the Lions will go to their first NFC Championship game since the 1991 season. So uh, Dan Campbell, uh, Campbell was talking about kneecaps early on in his career, and now he's talking mm. about conference championship games. So congratulations to all the Detroit fans out there. Sal, now it's time to play Joe House's least favorite game uh, over <laughs> under reactions. Um, it's okay. going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I'm excited to do this for the playoffs. We missed you doing this. Uh, so I'll start with the first one. We we just talked about them. The Lions. The Lions, Sal, are, are the new America's team. They're trying to take the spot of the Dallas Cowboys over or under reaction. All right. See, now this is my least favorite game. Mine and Joe House's. I don't like oh, this date. I'll take the freaking, I'll, I'll press exit zoom and oh, let no. Kay Bakes do the last 51 minutes. I don't, I don't like this. Uh, no, they're not America's team, Detroit. First of all, they're winning Detroit. So they mm-hmm. can't be America's team. America is a mess. America yeah. has uh, bathrooms for dogs and airports. Yeah, we're so, losing. Yes, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah, you need a loser in there. You need the Dallas Cowboys. But the truth is, look at the numbers. The, the, the numbers don't lie to you. The Cowboys are represent at least three of the top five rated NFL games every mm-hmm. year, good or bad. Uh, Cowboys, look at jersey sales. Right up there, top two, never out of the top three. They have an owner who's not afraid to pick his nose on television. Those three factors <laughs> make you America's team. There you go. And if Eminem wants to fight me, come down to the studio. He knows yeah. where I am. Let's get him on Cousins House winning weekend and, uh, and see what happens. I think that would be great. Uh, I had some people reach out to me and said that the Chiefs are now America's team with the Taylor Swift um, uh, addition, and uh, I will not let that stand. I, I don't think they are. The Lions, we like them, but I'm not quite sure they have that uh, that moniker yet. All right, next one, Sal. Shirtless Jason Kelsey will deliver the greatest best man speech of all time. Is that an mm. over or under reaction? Uh, I'm going to say underreaction. I think you hit on something, but there are stipulations because I'm not sure that he makes it to the whole wedding part of this right. uh, Taylor and <laughs> Travis thing, right? Does he get past the bachelor party? Like, don't have the bachelor party anywhere near two weeks of the wedding. And by the way, how does Taylor now feel about this bachelor party? It's one thing if the uh, boisterous brother is taking his shirt off in the middle of a game and running around for 40 million people to see. But it's when behind closed doors and there's a party and like, yeah, I'm going to take your husband to be out. She's got to be a little freaked out, doesn't she? Yeah, I think so. And uh, I do think this was her first opportunity to kind of interact with Jason Kelsey. And they, yeah. you know, she probably thought he was a little bit more polished. She's going to be a little bit more buttoned up. And he did the exact opposite, which as someone that has a brother, I like the fact that he was like, welcome to the family. Uh, this is yeah. how we act. And uh, Taylor she's Swift, secretly terrified. There's yeah, no she was reeling. I, I could see it in her eyes. She was not happy about it. So shout out to Jason <laughs> Kelsey. Uh, next one, Sal. A touchback for a fumble through the end zone is the worst rule in football. Obviously, a topic of conversation this weekend. Is that an over or underreaction? Mm, I think it's an underreaction. I think the worst rule in football is that the two seed in the NFC doesn't automatically get to go to the Super Bowl. <laughs> I don't know. I think that's a bad... Always thought that. Don't, it's yes. not just because of my Cowboys. Uh, no, I still hate this rule, Tate. I hate mm-hmm. it. And by the way, I had the Bills, so uh, it helped that that fumble was ruled that it went through the end zone. It's too punitive, though. All right, you, you want to move them back? It's fine. Let the Chiefs have the ball at the 
20 or even the 25-yard line. It's too crazy to give the other team the ball uh, at the 20. I like that. I like give them the ball at the 25-yard line, maybe even their own 25, and they just have to restart the drive. But changing whole possessions uh, seems a little bit too intense. But uh, Isn't there a game like Chicago? Isn't there a basketball game you could play one-on-one with someone where if you go, it's to 21. It's called 21. I'm an idiot. Oh, yeah, it's called right, 21. Yeah. If you go over 21, you go back to 13. Right, right. right. Yeah. But, but you don't just zero. end the game. Negative yeah. 40. Yeah. Yeah. Right. All right, I'm sorry. Right. Yeah, you got past 13 if you get down to the red zone. So there you go. Uh, next one's out. Todd Bowles made the worst coaching blunder of the weekend with his clock management. Is that an over and under reaction? Mm, well, I'll, I'll say there were a few this week. Uh, there always are a few. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shanahan, like I said, not going for a touchdown. 55 seconds left, a few timeouts on the other side of the field, settling for a field goal that never happened. That was bad. But, yeah, the Lions, I, I'll, I'll give it to you. I'll, I'll say underreaction. I don't know what Bowles is doing. The Lions snapped the ball early. That was dumb, too, on Dan Cam- Campbell's part. Yeah. If they use that timeout, Tampa Bay will get the ball with like 21 seconds left or 19 seconds left. They didn't. I don't know. Todd Bowles maybe had somewhere to go as interviews. I'm not sure how it goes. Is there anyone on the sideline screaming at him? Like, call a timeout. We have the timeout. We can get the ball back. No, they let the clock expire. Yeah, it felt like that Tampa Bay team was a little bit like replacements energy, like the movie with, uh, you know, our guy Shane Falco, Keanu Reeves. It just felt like this team had one last run. And at that Mm. point, they were just sputtering because the reality was hitting that they're never going to be there again. A lot of free agents for Tampa Bay. So I'll give Todd Bowles the benefit of the doubt. Are you maybe- jockeying to do the replacement rewatchables? Is that <laughs> yes. what you're trying to do? Is that what <laughs> yeah, this is? Yes, okay. right. Yeah. Please, Chris Ryan, uh, Sean <laughs> Finnessy, I hope you guys hear this. Uh, next one's out. Brock Purdy is the least reliable quarterback remaining in the playoffs. A lot of people are saying this. Over or under reaction, Sal? Uh, I need to see a forecast. I really do. I mean, he's a different quarterback in the rain. He's right. switching gloves like he's uh, performing multiple prostate exams. Same size hands as Pat Mahomes, by the way. Is I, that I was what like, it is? Yeah, I was like, I need to see the size of this guy's hands. He has the exact same size hands as Pat Mahomes, so that's not an excuse. I don't know what's Maybe going that's on. it. Maybe you're right. I, yeah, I mean, it's not Lamar, right? He's, mm-hmm. he's not the least reliable. He's going to be the MVP. It's not Patrick Mahomes, that's for sure. So it's between... Purdy and Goff, and Goff's been to a Super Bowl. So right. I, it's weird that the team with the best odds to advance has the most unreliable quarterback, but I think that's what it is. That's what it is. Uh, next one's out. The Bills, the Buffalo Bills should hire Bill Belichick to be their head coach. Over or under reaction? This is a big Bill Simmons conspiracy theory. Yeah, what am I missing here, Tate? Really? <laughs> well, is Simmons just doing this to piss me off? I, I'm going to say overreaction. I did a whole thing last week on Cousin Sal's winning weekend about foisting, and that's exactly what I think the Patriots are doing. They're yes. trying to get... I, I, don't know why anybody would want it. It's like if someone offers you a fantasy trade and puts Cam Akers in and never, okay, but what if I give you Cam Akers for this? Like Cam Akers doesn't play. These guys barely play. He's not coaching. He only coaches well right. when he's got the best quarterback of all time taking a contract hit so that you can pay everybody else. And that's not what he's going to get with the Falcons, the Chargers, or anywhere else that we're talking about. I don't get why he would go to the Bills or anywhere. It's also, I think the Falcons are asking the same question. If the Patriots don't want Bill Belichick, why do we want Bill Belichick? Right. You know what I mean? Like, it's something yes. going on here. They're missing something. So I think that's a good point. Last one, Sal. The kicker, the position of the kicker is the worst job in the NFL. Obviously, we saw this weekend a lot of mm. missed kicks. Uh, overreaction or underreaction? Um I'm going to say overreaction. I think the whoever's in charge of having to clean Trent Williams' game-worn pants <laughs> After uh, the game, I think that's the worst job. Yeah, the laundry the guy for the Niners. That might be the worst job. Yeah. I was thinking about this, though. You're right. Like, the kickers, okay, whatever. They get paid a lot, and they're barely on the field. But there's a high-pressure job, obviously. And you're set up to lose because think about in the history of kickers. The only kicker that's beloved post-career is Adam Vinatieri out of hundreds right. of kickers, right? Maybe there's three or four. 
But that's it. So if you measure by that, I think you're right. It might be the toughest. And everybody on the team hates you immediately. You know what I yeah. mean? When Tyler Bass misses this gig, it's like everyone turns on you within the team. It's not like everyone's like, oh, man, you'll get him next time. So I, I do yeah. feel like it's a very lonely position on the team. So shout out to all the kickers out there. I know it's tough. Uh, let's call the captain, Sal, and let's do the Riverboat question this week. And it's a simple one. What's the most memorable fan moment from the weekend? Mm. We, have the, we have the odds here. Caitlin Clark's collision with the fan who was storming the court at even odds. Uh, we got shirtless Jason Kelsey, 3-2. to two. We got C.J. Stroud's mom cutaway in the crowd at 7-1. to one. We got the longtime Lions fan interview, the one who had season tickets for so long at 20-1, to one, and we have the field 9-2. to two. Sal, what say you? What was the most memorable fan moment from the weekend? Oh, I usually like to go off the board and take the field, but I'm mm. going to go Caitlin Clark Collision, which, by the way, is going to be the name of her auto body shop uh, post-WNBA. <laughs> yeah, right. Career, Caitlin Clark. Yeah. No, I, I loved it. I really did because she looked like she was run over, but it was deceitful. It was ingenious. Mm. She lowered the shoulder. She was the one, and then she took the flop. It's too bad the Emmys were last week because she would have won that. That was a, that was a Sarah Snook-esque performance if I ever saw one yeah give her the award uh, give her all the awards shout out to Caitlin Clark uh, you know I think it was a little bit of you know wrong place wrong time that's a, that's an argument they like to make in college basketball that's but right. uh, yeah you, you hate to see that I'm gonna go off the board here I'm gonna go with the MLK doppelganger at the Ravens game um, mm. there was a lot of people showing him in the crowd I thought it was hilarious a lot of people doing the I have a team um, and the Ravens are the team right now they look like they could be the the team of destiny so uh, I like that a lot of a lot of memorable fan moments the worst one I saw though was the Buffalo Bills as soon as it went wide right they cut to the crowd I mean these people love Buffalo Bills football Sal, so uh, I'm pouring yeah. one out for them I hate to take see that. one uh, take out of the Sopranos uh, playbook there fade to black right there when it happens we <laughs> right. don't need to see the Bills fans yeah I, we're, we're, we're feeling for them right now we're gonna take a quick break and when we come back we're gonna do some line look aheads here on through the ringer we'll be right back all right This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. Welcome back to Through the Ringer here with Cousin Sal. And uh, we just did our favorite game, Over Under Reaction. So you know what that means, Sal. Let's do some line look-aheads. Are you excited for this Is one? Is that what that means? I don't know the <laughs> sequence. That, that's exactly what it means. We that's, did your favorite game. So yeah. now, all right, yeah. Now we're going to do this game. It's, okay. it's a game of games, you know, as we play here on the show. <laughs> let's talk about some games because if we look at the line here, the Kansas City Chiefs taking on the Baltimore Ravens. Like I said earlier, Ravens' first AFC Championship game. Chiefs plus three and a half in this one. And the total is at 44 and a half. Who do you like here? So, 
Man, this is higher than I thought. When I guessed with Simmons, I had it at two, two and a half, and now it was three, and then it went to three and a half. I, I don't, I don't. First of all, I don't see it going to four because mm-hmm. they don't want to give people the opportunity to take the Chiefs on a teaser and get ten points. So, I mean, that would be deadly for the books who just got destroyed on Sunday. Everybody won with teasers and parlays and overs and everything like that. Uh, I think the casual fan gets a bite of this, and this ends up going down to three or even two and a half by the end of the week. Yeah, do you think there's a, a world in which Vegas isn't quite sure about this Kansas City Chiefs team? Like, they're not sure what version we're going to see because there seems to be some some hesitance to, to actually give them the benefit of the doubt and say, well, we are in the playoffs. They are the reigning Super Bowl champs. They have been here before because the line kind of seems like it's trying to figure out what it is. You know what I mean? Like, who these Chiefs are. And I feel like everybody is trying to figure out if it is that same team or the team that we saw struggle for quite a bit of the season. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're kind of doing it defensively, right? Mm-hmm. You know, they're not the Chiefs team of old that put up like 41 points at Arrowhead, and they're not even at Arrowhead. So, you know, in order to give a big number or to get a big uh, lower number, you have to show that you score a lot of points. And they're still in that mid-20 range. So uh, I think that in, in that regard, yes, Vegas and uh, FanDuel and everyone's confused. Everyone's confused. I'm confused. But look, let's look at the total passing yards. Uh, right now the line for Lamar Jackson is 210 and a half yards. Mahomes is 246 and a half yards. Do you like the over in this game or do you like both guys going under? Because I do feel like it could be a low-scoring affair. Yeah, I'm not sure. The one that jumped out at me is Mahomes at 246.5. He's gone under this number in three of the last four games. And like I said, they kind of do it with good defense. Pacheco's running the ball really well. Uh, the 65 yarders to Tyreek Hill are no longer there. Haven't been for a couple of years now. So I would say Mahomes' number is under, unless they get off to like a 17 0 deficit or something and they're throwing the whole game. But I don't see that being the case. So out of those two, I say Mahomes under. Yeah, I think Mahomes as well. I will say Pacheco, it's like uh, in soccer when a guy puts on the number 10 and all of a sudden he becomes the best player on the team. Uh, we <laughs> saw Messi do that. Yeah, I don't know how it works, but uh, it seems like Pacheco put on number 10 and, uh, you know, he, he's making things happen for this Chiefs team. So uh, he yeah. is definitely an X factor in that game. Let's look at the next game. We got the Detroit Lions going out to San Francisco to take on the 49ers. Lions plus seven in this game. Total points, 50 and a half. What do you see here, Sal? Surprised by this, too. I had it at six, and to make it a full touchdown, they are disregarding the 49. I guess there's not supposed to be a lot of bad weather. It's 65 degrees. I'm seeing in clear skies for that uh, nightish game um, Sunday. So good for Brock Purdy, good for the Niners. Debo Samuels, 50-50. Keep an eye on that for sure. But the fact that the Packers got nine and a half and kept it close, right, and now the, that, that was a seven seed. Now the two seed is getting as many as seven. That seems like a lot. It's very weird to me. It's a little high. I'm not saying I'm going to take the uh, – I'm not saying I'm taking the Lions by any means, but it seems a little high. Yeah, it seems very high, and it does feel like uh, the 49ers kind of have this ability to, uh, even if they you know, win a game uh, or lose a game, it, it's like the, the positive reaction seem to kind of bounce out from there, and everyone says, okay, I still love this Niners team, and the Vegas lines tend to reflect that. One of the player props in this game that we want to highlight, uh, Amon St. Brown, uh, reception yards at 84.5. Do you like the over here, Sal? Do you think he's going to be a big target for Jared Goff? Uh, yeah, not, not so defense. great uh, on Sunday, right? 77, which is fine. You and I would take 77 take yards 77. In, a, in, a, yeah, in a game yeah. any day, right? <laughs> Probably any day. That's why we're not making as much as Josh Allen, I think, combined. But uh, One day. <laughs> went over 84 and a half in his previous five games. Mm-hmm. I do think they'll play from behind. I do think they'll throw. Don't love a ton of overs uh, this week, player prop-wise, but that is one I would jump on.
Yeah, I like that one. And uh, St. Brown has kind of been the security blanket for Jared Goff. So that is going to be fascinating to see that matchup. Let's track to the future here and uh, just look at some of the stats for the playoffs. The most playoff passing touchdowns right now, if you look at the odds, Baker Mayfield is there at plus 200. You got Pat Mahomes at plus 250. Brock Purdy, plus 350. Goff, plus 400. And Lamar Jackson was at plus 600. Um, I don't have the actual numbers pulled up in front of me, so I know you do. But uh, is there someone that you like the value of? Is there actually value on making a, a bet with the most play- payoff, playoff passing touchdowns? Yeah, say that three times. Yeah. Yeah, I don't have them in front of me either, so we're just going to be guessing. No, I do. I do. <laughs> okay, good. Because I knew you weren't going to have them, Tate. I know, so I was like, I, I got to do this here. No. So <laughs> Baker has game. six. I, I didn't <laughs> right. have them. Yeah, it's not your favorite game. You don't want anything to do with it. Baker has six touchdowns right now. He leads right. by three over Goff and Mahomes, right? Lamar only has two. Purdy has one. We're going to end up doing math during this segment, so oh, I apologize man. to everyone. But if you like the Chiefs to advance, you should take Mahomes at plus 250. That might be the best Chiefs bet you can make if you think he gets that extra game and if the team gets that extra game so i think mahomes at plus 250 otherwise you know what baker really could win this just with the two games and if baker does win this let's say he ends up with the most playoff passing touchdowns i got it right that time uh do do the tampa bay buccaneers like what does that offseason conversation look like because he was on a one-year deal he kind of got the whole locker room behind him i feel like he would command some money and some respect in some years but that's not usually how the nfl works do we think baker gets paid this offseason well, let's go over this conversation. He goes into the owner's office and like, hey, I had the most playoff touchdown passes. And then the guy's like, yeah, what do I – just Tate and Sal care about that crap, yeah, not me. Right, so, right. Uh, he's like, he's no. like, I don't have the numbers in front of me. Bulls already <laughs> said he wants them back, and I don't think they could do better at this point. So, um, yeah, uh, I don't know if he can name his price, but he's their guy. I like Baker. I like Baker down in Tampa Bay. It feels like a good fit. Yeah. Tampa Baker, so that'll be good. And mm-hmm. I'm sure our guy Harry, AAO Harry, will love seeing Baker Mayfield down oh, there in please. Tampa Bay. He's a mess. <laughs> I'm excited about that. <laughs> uh, another track to the future, m- most playoff rushing yards. Right now, Pacheco, who I mentioned before for the Chiefs, he's minus 110. He's the heavy favorite. But right behind him is Chris- Christian McCaffrey, who will be most likely the offensive player of the year at plus 145. Is there value in taking McCaffrey here, Sal? Well, I had McCaffrey last week to, well, it's not an award, but to have the most rushing yards in the playoffs because Aaron Jones had a huge lead, and I'm like, that guy's going to be bounced this week. Now, it took a little more to get him out of there, but I had him at plus 155. He's now plus 145, so I could could sell that difference for like 83 cents and make a profit, but Pacheco has an 88-yard lead. That's rough. That's It's interesting. This is another one. If you like the Chiefs to advance, then you can have this in the bag. Uh, if they do advance, and he'll have you know he'll have a big lead probably still on McCaffrey. It's a tough call. Can I defer? I would like to defer this pick. You can defer. I will say uh, I was looking at some of the uh, the MVP odds for the Super Bowl. Pacheco is one of those. I, I can't imagine a world in which you know the Chiefs go to the Super Bowl and Pat Mahomes is not given the MVP or Travis right. Kelsey or one of these guys. But Pacheco has some outstanding odds uh, to win Super Bowl MVP. So if you expect him to continue playing at the level he is and you think the Chiefs are going to go win it back to back, might be something worth taking a look at. So just shout, shouting that out for all the Track to the Future fans out there. Uh, next one, Sal. Super Bowl MVP, as I was just talking about. Yeah, here you were you just go. talking about I just talking about it. Oh wow, my God. what a transition. Yeah, what an accidental that. transition yeah. that was. <laughs> That'd be great. Uh, well, we got Lamar Jackson as the favorite at plus 250. You get Brock Purdy at plus 340. Pat Mahomes plus 370. McCaffrey plus 550. And Goff at plus 1,000. Um, who do you like here, Sal? Is, there, is it worth taking the favorite at Lamar Jackson at plus 250? 
Well, I mean, I already went over this yesterday on on Ringer Wise Guys or yeah. Sunday. Uh, were you watching? I thought you were a fan. I mean, you got I was watching. on the show. I was locked in. Uh, you know, okay. the, I was some of my favorite <laughs> games and segments. You come on, you get <laughs> gifts, and then you abandon the program altogether. Um, we talked about this, and you know, it, it's it's mostly a quarterback award. This, yes. right? I think fifteen out of the last twenty or something crazy, but. Two of the last five were wide receivers or pass catchers. It was Edelman and it was Cup, two of them in the last five years. I think there's a lot of value in some of these pass catchers. I say pass catchers because I have wide receivers in Ayuk at 50 to 1, but uh, Kittle, 65 to 1. Any of these guys have two touchdowns. And God forbid, Travis Kelsey at 85 to 1. He comes in completing the greatest year for a human being in the history of human beings. Wouldn't that be something? Kelsey eighty-five to one, Kittle sixty-five to one, Ayuk. I look at those guys. Yeah, I like the I like the odds there. I will say, well, do we have the odds on Taylor Swift uh, on the field celebrating with the MVP Travis Kelsey? Because I feel like that would be a script that the NFL would love to be written. So uh, that is something to keep an eye on. I don't think we have yeah. those odds, but uh, it's right there for the taking. Last track to the future, Sal. Super Bowl forecast. Uh, what is your value bet? Uh, Ravens to beat the Lions plus six fifty. Again, Ravens to beat the Niners plus two ninety. Um, that is the the favorite right now. Niners to beat the Ravens plus two seventy. Is there one that you like? here sal is there any value at taking the matchup in the super bowl you know esteemed podcast producer mikey meatballs informed me that i had the chiefs against the 49ers in the beginning of the year at 21 to 1 as the super bowl matchup i was like how is that possible i am terrible i am one <laughs> in nine in the postseason I'm like well that's what you have 21 to 1 so i'm gonna stick with that tate uh i'll stick with san francisco winning that game over the chiefs at plus 430 yeah, I love that. And if you look at the odds right now for that game, it's plus 550. So Chiefs mm. to beat the Niners. Uh, there's still some value there. If you want to saddle up with Sal and uh, go get you a winner, I think that's a good move. And uh, I think that's a great pick, Sal. I mean, Thanks, it's hard buddy. to forecast what's going to happen in, in the world of professional football. But uh, people like you are making it happen. So uh, <laughs> No, no, I'm not. People like me are not making it happen. <laughs> no, you're making it happen. <laughs> you got the trophy. I, I saw it on the Wise Guys. So uh, they'll never <laughs> take right. that away from you. Okay. Uh, last one, Sal. We're going to do the Tate debate. Uh, which Ooh. we have a lot of fun with. We uh, we figure out something to debate on the show. So I have a question for you, Sal. Which city has the most tortured fan base in the NFL currently? Because Detroit no longer on the list. Who's up now? What say you, Cousin Sal? Why don't you sell me on it, one? Because uh, I'm wavering, but I think I know which way I'm going. Go ahead. What do you think? I, I, I think I'm going to go, and this might be a little bit homer here, but I'm going to have to go with the Panthers. Uh, they have replaced Dan Snyder with the worst owner in the sports, uh, you know, mm-hmm. or in the NFL. He's a guy who threw a drink on a on a J- Jacksonville Jaguar fan and then waited three days, 72 hours, whatever it is to make an apology, which was like an AI robot apology that nobody ever believes. Um, they get Nick Saban to convince them to take a five foot ten quarterback number one. The guy they didn't take number one, that the coaching staff that he hired wanted to take number one, uh, basically quit on the quarterback that he decided to take. And then the guy that they didn't take was the rookie of the year and wins a playoff game. Um, and now as you look ahead to the future, you don't have DJ Moore. You have a quarterback you have to figure out. You don't have a head coach. You have an owner that people don't want to work for. Um, so uh, and, and add it all up, Cam Newton didn't die for that football in Super Bowl 50. You know what I mean? I think we're still tortured from that situation. So that's true. Uh, I will argue Charlotte and the Carolina Panthers right now, the most tortured fan base. 
Well, I like that, but I'm not even sure Charlotte's a city. I mean, it seems like everyone there from there is nice. It's like Pleasantville, but you right. know, much like my cousin Jimmy Kimmel uh, exploited Gonzaga as not being a real school. It's oh, just right. a basketball. Somebody uh, you know puts them on a bracket every year. I'm not sure, but we'll look into. I'll look into Raleigh and 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 Charlotte. And you got you got the you got the issues with Cincinnati. They call themselves the Queen City. Charlotte yeah. calls themselves the Queen City. There's right. a lot of see, yeah, a lot, you're coming lot of, around. A lot this, of redundancies right? there. I can see it. I can. See I'm gonna it. say. So Dan Campbell comes out, makes a speech, the post-game press conference on Sunday and says, Detroit, we did this for the fans. You know, this is the greatest city because there's not a lot to do. So these fans should be lifted, you know, elevated. Uh, first of all, there is something to do there. There's the Motown Museum. You could do a lot of things in Detroit. What you can't, you can't find anything to do in Buffalo. That's the <laughs> one city. That's the one that doesn't have anything except for football. These, they can't win a Super Bowl any year, these poor bastard fans, they're out there shoveling. They're lined up to shovel a stadium that they know their team is going to lose in. And in heartbreaking fashion, wide right, as you said it, I vote Buffalo. I don't see anything worse for, uh, for those people. I think that's a great pick. Sal, before I let you go, can you let everybody know where they can find all your amazing work? Obviously, Ringer Wise Guys. Uh, you guys are doing a great job there. Ringer Wise Guys on Sunday. We're winding it down. I have Cousin Sal's winning weekend. You can find all these terrible picks right there uh, against all odds right there on the Ringer Podcast Network. And fade, fade the hell out of me. Go make some money. Yeah, well, or or just bet. Now's the time, you know, buy the dip, as they say. All uh, right. Buy the dip in Cousin Sal and everything that's happening. Appreciate Proceed everyone. With caution. Uh, yeah, <laughs> next week, Sal. I can't wait to have you back. Appreciate you on the show. And uh, like you said, great tease. We got Katie Baker, the Ringer's very own, coming up right after the break. We'll see you then. On May 10th, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. What a wonderful day! This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. They stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters May 10. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Welcome back to Through the Ringer. Joining us now, she's been on the show quite a few times at this point. We're very happy to have her back. She is the Ringer's very own Katie Baker. Katie Bakes, great to see you. Great to see you too. Hello. Well, we have a lot to talk about, and uh, I am going to be peppering you with questions about a lot of topics. So before we get into that, Katie, I just want to just preface that, that I know we're going to bounce around a lot, so I'm putting a lot on you. But let's start with football. Everybody's talking about the NFL playoffs, and in the Bay Area, everyone is talking about the San Francisco 49ers. So I ask you, Katie Baker, do you feel good like for the 49ers? Do you think this is the time, this is their year to finally get there and win the big thing and win the Super Bowl? Um, not sure how I feel when you put it that way. Um, (laughs) I do think that, I mean, you know, at halftime of of the game, if you were to just look at Twitter and look at everyone's reactions, you would think that, you know, they were down by four touchdowns at that point. And, um, but at the same time, you know, the showing they had was just not commensurate with how they've played all season. Um, obviously, you know, there's a question that's kind of like, can they win the Super Bowl with Brock Purdy? And I think the answer is yes to that. But I don't know that they can win the Super Bowl without Debo Samuel. Um, I just got off a, you know, a conference call with Coach Shanahan. And um, it sounds, you know, it sounds like his condition is still 
TPD. So that's something that's really going to um, affect Purdy as well as the rest of the team. Yeah, Brock Purdy, there was a lot of conversation about the rain, right? He opens the game, he has a glove on, uh, then he decides to take the glove off, and then we see a camera shot of him wiping his hand mid-throw. There's a lot of conversations about that. There's also been reporters you know, going into the playoffs that there's seven great quarterbacks, right? But then there was Brock Purdy. I think that was the Amy Trash tweet going into this game. So there's been a lot of Brock Purdy uh, energy out there that is very anti-Brock Purdy. And even after this game, he kind of seemed down despite winning and having a game-winning drive in the divisional playoff round. Are we worried a little bit of just about the kind of the Purdy backlash? Because it does seem a little harsh at this point. Yeah, it's definitely, you know, just the the eyes that are on him now and, and the, the discourse is has for sure shifted a little bit. Also think, you know, when you have a Christian McCaffrey on your team that can part the sea, um, you'll, you can be okay, regardless of what's going on with your quarterback. Um, you know, I also think that... Uh, it, this isn't the worst time to have that kind of wake up call of a game, you know, um, two potentially big games coming up um, better than than to have a weird, you know, conference final showing or something like that. Let's talk about your Giants, um, because they did have a fun little 15 minutes of fame there with Tommy DeVito. Um, a lot of uh, Sopranos rewatches were happening around the country. Uh, how do you feel about this Giants team as we look into the future uh, with Daniel Jones being under center? Well, first of all, you know, I live in California now. I'm from New Jersey and it made me very homesick to see oh, wow. the DeVito That's, stuff. Yeah. You know, I was I felt like I was in my <laughs> high school friend's mom's kitchen um, so many of the times. But, That's awesome. you know, if, if they don't show up in a Super Bowl ad, you know, for Geico 15 minutes or something, someone's done something wrong. Um, this giant season was obviously not a good one at all. Um, we're kind of in the, the best part of the season, which is watching our NFC opponents fall in the playoffs and, you know, seeing our, our dear Antonio Pierce get signed as a coach. So, right. um, it's, it's been an okay time, but, um, you know, soon we're going to have to snap back to the reality that we have a quarterback that has had two neck problems and a torn ACL and, we have, uh, you know, Saquon, the, the decision again of whether to franchise tag him or not, which obviously sort of doesn't sit well with him. Um, we've got our coach fighting with the, you know, with Wink Martindale. And so uh, there's still a lot to be addressed. Um, I think I saw they have a new O-line coach that it's like their sixth one in nine years. So mm. um, plenty yeah, of things to good. think about. Um, <laughs> I, I leave the draft stuff to our amazing draft experts at the ringer. I can't wait for the, the guide. Um, but yeah, I, you know, it's, I'm kind of in, in that, in that place in the off season where it's the calm before the storm. Yeah, after, it's it, the calm after the storm and before the storm. I guess the eye of the storm. Yeah, I think we're just in the storm, right? And uh, <laughs> hopefully uh, the Giants can figure it out. Let's talk about the other team in New York because they were supposed to be the main headline of this NFL season. If you watch Hard Knocks, if you watched all the preseason coverage going into the season, it was all about Aaron Rodgers and him becoming, uh, I guess, like Broadway Joe 2.0 is the best way to put it. And that was the conversation point. How do we feel about Aaron Rodgers? It seems like he's getting back healthy. Uh, do we think year two will end up being what year one was supposed to be and the Jets fans have something to look forward to? Yeah, I was going to say, like, just thinking about the Jets this offseason, you know, it's not like that much has changed from the the team that we were all excited about um, a year ago, uh, you know, with the exception of Aaron Rodgers and, and sort of what all the things that spiraled from there. But um, they still have 
a, a great team. You know, they still have Garrett Wilson and Sauce Gardner. And um, I, I don't, I'm, I, I don't, you know, I know it was a really rough season given the expectations, but I do think that they have the potential to, to kind of come back. I mean, it'll be interesting to see what they do in like the trade or the free agent market. You know, New Yorkers love to have someone to speculate about. I've seen will Devonte Adams reunite with, oh, with uh, Aaron Rodgers. who knows, but um, I, despite what happened this year, I don't know. It's going to be kind of a make or break year though, for like the GM who I think is what it is third year. It's kind of, uh, you know, you've had, you've had your chance. Um, and so yeah, it could be interesting. I know Niners fans were happy at the end of the Packers game when Jordan Love made that throw. Do you think Aaron Rodgers was maybe the happiest man when he saw Jordan Love make that interception there at the end of the game? Like, is he actively pulling against his old team? Or do you think he's actually a bigger man and was pulling for the Packers? How do you feel like he stands there? <laughs> he's he's seeing uh, the old gunslinger uh, in action. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy how, um, you know, it must be, even as someone who's not like a Niners fan, I was, I'm excited for the Packers having seen that performance from love. And, um, you know, when you kind of think about him versus Brock Purdy, for example, Purdy can be good, but you just see like the differences in their ceilings from a game like that. Um, so, you know, I think that's exciting. And I, I think Aaron Rodgers probably has some kind of, uh, I don't know, burning sage somewhere or, uh, (laughs) or sweating, or I don't know what he does. I, I was going to say, I, w- I was expecting an exclusive interview like on the Today Show if the Packers did win that game where he explains why he didn't want to stay with this team and how it's actually great for Jordan Love and it's a win-win and he loved mentoring him. So, uh, I it was think actually was... his ideal. <laughs> long, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. He actually talked to the front office and the ownership uh, about this whole idea. So uh, kudos to him. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about the new season of True Detective and the star that is Jodie Foster. We're also going to talk about the 2024 Australian Open and the NHL. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com, Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Welcome back to Through the Ringer. We are here with the Ringer's very own Katie Baker. And Katie Baker just wrote a piece for theringer.com. And I want to give you the headline because, Katie, I want to talk about this. The headline is simple. It's still Jodie Foster's time, even half a century into her career. And, of course, Jodie Foster started acting at the age of three. Uh, how much fun is it to see her in this new season of True Detective, Katie? It's so fun. I, You know, I... I really enjoyed it. And I just think the choices she made, I mean, it reminds me a lot of mayor of Easttown, which was a a big Mm -hmm. favorite of mine just to see actresses like Kate Winslet and her kind of come into this new era of the characters they can play and the um, choices they can make with their performance. Um, This true detective also hits on one of my favorite things, which is, you know, 
things that are cold and, and snow and ice. I'll, I'll watch anything <laughs> that has that involved. So, right. um, it's the Fargo model, right? Great. You just, you just put snow out there and people in snow boots and they're shoveling and they're getting their car, you know, and then everybody in the world can relate to that, that has to deal with wintertime. So it's good. Yeah. You're scraping the windshield. <laughs> exactly. Right. Um, but yeah, it's, I think her performance is a real highlight of the season of the show. Yeah, and it's good to see the franchise kind of back. I mean, the first season was uh, obviously made a huge splash and an impact on these anthology series. And, you know, the second season was really hyped up and it was Pizzolatto kind of taking over and control the series. And, and then they kind of have pivoted out. So it was nice. Uh, season four, it feels like uh, the, the interest is there. The intrigue is there. And Jodie Foster is there. And she's always been great. So I have to ask you, Katie, what's your favorite Jodie Foster role of all time? Do you have one? I mean, most people go to Silence of the Lambs. Yeah, I mean, I like it's almost like one of those memes where, and you can't say <laughs> Silence of the Lambs. Um, yeah, right. If that, if you do it that way, um, it, it was actually fun researching for this story because I went back and watched a lot of her performances from when she was really young. Because um, I, I kind of, I don't know, I knew she was a child actress, but I didn't really realize quite how prevalent and um, just present she was in everything from TV to movies at the time. Um, and so Freaky Friday was a really good one from that era. Um, mm. if, if we're asking like my favorite movie that she's in, I got to go Inside Man. Oh, um, yeah. I just, you know, and she it's that's kind of a fun role for her there because it's a little different than her usual. Um, but yeah, I mean, you can't like the the kind of big two are Silence of the Lambs and Taxi Driver, which she did when she was young and um and but it's a great performance to, to look at and to to think like wow <laughs> you know she was 12 years old playing like a prostitute and um but she's crazy did well and yeah, yeah she had to get court permission to do it yeah she's an incredible actor and uh my favorite is little man tate um she's great in that one so shout out to dd tate great character uh <laughs> it made me it made me realize there were more than one you know tate in the world i didn't know any other tate so uh, shout out to jody foster for making that possible more for than me. one tate and more than one precocious <laughs> child i'm sure <laughs> yes a lot of a lot of precocious children out there that are trying to figure it out um you did talk about in your article also she loves fantasy football can you shine a light on that a little bit jody foster and fantasy football i had no idea yeah, so she loves it so much that she even had it written into her character's uh, role, partly because otherwise her character, she said, would be using Tinder too much. So she had to have something else on her phone in addition. That's good. Um, but uh, yeah, she her, her team name, she said, is Team Tundra. Right. And part of that is, you know, she's uh, filming out in the Icelandic Tundra, but also she's a huge Green Bay Packers fan. Talk about mm. Aaron Rodgers. We should ask Jody her her uh, her Jordan Love thoughts. That would be great. Uh, when I read your article, the first sentence was about her being Team Tundra. I thought she was talking about trucks, and I was like, I guess she's a Toyota Tundra driver. <laughs> but uh, that's uh, it's great to hear about fantasy football. Let's talk about real sports. Let's talk about the Australian Open because that is happening right now on the other side of the world, the 2024 Australian Open, and we have some favorites here. Uh, the favorite on the women's side Sabalinka here at plus 135 we have Djokovic obviously at minus 105 games are going on we're recording this on a Monday games are happening uh, in real time so we're going to be a little bit you know more future based when we talk about this tournament but do you have someone that you kind of feel is a great pick or someone that you really buy into this tournament and we'll start with the women um on the women's side um you know I think I love I always love Coco Goff um I do. You think got her last year, by the way. You, you I, called yeah, Coco Goff right on the year. show, right? It, it's interesting because you know I think people that have been watching her and Sabalenka play recently um, think that Sabalenka is just on a better role than than Coco is, and if they do meet, it would be in the semifinals, which is a little unfortunate because that's a matchup you'd want to see in the finals. 
Uh, and then on the men's side, obviously Joker is the you know the most dominant force in tennis. We know how that goes. Alcaraz is right there at plus three hundred. A lot of people fell in love with him last year. Uh, is it worth just riding the wave with Alcaraz uh, because betting the favorite of Djokovic just doesn't even self- seem fun at all? Is there anyone that you see maybe Medvedev is another name that's on there at plus eight fifty? Yeah, so there's um, poor Taylor Fritz, nice young American lad um, who's at, who's having a great tournament, but is about to run into Djokovic, and I think that tournament's going to be over. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I don't. I would think it would be fun to do like a Medvedev. He's gonna he would play Alcaraz next, I think, which probably mm-hmm. accounts for his odds a little bit. Um, but I do, he's a really fun player to watch. He um, has been saying that he's really vibing with the Australian Open crowd this time around. So, right. um, you know, that could be a fun one. Yeah, I've seen a lot of people that are on Medvedev. So I, I think at plus 850, that could be fun. But like you said, the, the matchup did not fall in his favor there going up against Alcaraz. Um, let's talk NHL. Let's talk hockey. Like I said, I'm going to pepper you and, and move it all around the block here. Uh, the NHL season is happening. Uh, we are in full swing right now. If you look at the odds for the Stanley Cup, the Avalanche are the favorites at plus 800. You got Florida right behind them at plus 950. And then you got the Oilers, the Edmonton Oilers at plus 950. Is there someone right now, Katie, that you buy, you buy the hype? You're like, this is the team that's going to end up with the Stanley Cup at the end of the season uh I could I was kind of looking at at those three and then I was looking at some of the other ones like I guess it's a question of like who might actually win versus who might be like an interesting play yeah Um, right let's go for interesting play yeah that's like I just saw the Vancouver Canucks there and um I just think that they could sneak kind of sneak up a little bit I I've sort of thought that last year too and I don't it didn't quite happen but um They're just an interesting one to watch. I think in terms of like Edmonton, every year I think Edmonton, this is going to be the year for Edmonton. Um, When you have a player like Connor McDavid, it's just, you just always have that chance. And um, they started the season in where they lost to the San Jose Sharks and their coach, you know, was caught on camera basically saying to the assistant, well, I get this is going to be it for us. And the assistant goes, yep. And then I think they were fired right after that. Um, and then as often happens with early season coach firings, the goaltending got better. All of a sudden the team, <laughs> right. Everything gets better. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it helps that you have McDavid, but like a good sign for them right now to me is, um, you know, they've been just on, I don't know when the last time they lost was, I think it was last month. And in the month of January, Connor McDavid only has like three goals. So they're doing that, you know, he, he's still getting like an assist every game, but they're doing that without like him having to do it all for them, which I think really does bode well. Yeah. Last thing I'm going to have you uh, talk about here, Katie, is the uh, all-star jerseys that just came out. Um, they were they were coined the perfect complement to the young NHL talent in the league, the all-star jerseys. Um, have you seen these and do you have thoughts on what you've seen so far? I've seen them. I don't even know how to describe them. I think one of the producers before we went on used the word double dare. And that's exactly why I like them. Buy the weird jersey and to look back in 20 years on the photos and be like, oh, remember those jerseys? So Mm -hmm. I think they have satisfied that mission. I know hockey fans are going to hate that. They are definitely very ugly jerseys. But to me, that's that's a feature, not a bug. 
Yeah, that's kind on. of the Adidas way. You know what I mean? This is what Adidas has done with college basketball teams in the past. It's like, just make a splash. It doesn't matter if it's aesthetic, aesthetically pleasing. It just has to pop. And you have to be like, oh, my God, uh, what did I just look at? It just almost blinds you. And uh, the, the color of these and uh, just the way that they're made up feel very 90s. So uh, shout out to the NHL and uh, shout out to all the kids out there. It's good. It's good for the future generations of hockey players. Right, Katie? That's good. Exactly. I'll get, I'll get my kids one and <laughs> they'll wear it every day. There you have it. Well, Katie, where can we find all your work? Uh, you know, so everybody can keep up with what you're doing and then we'll let you go and enjoy your day. The ringer.com always, <laughs> always. Well, Katie Baker, thanks so much for coming to the show. We'll have you back soon and uh, we'll talk about all these different subjects again. I can't wait. Go Yonic center. Right, there you have it. Another week of Through the Ringer. Great to have Cousin Sal back on the show. And of course, the Ringer's very own Katie Baker. Go check out all of her work on TheRinger.com. We will be back here on Through the Ringer on Friday. We'll have Nora on the show and another special guest in the Ringer universe. And actually, they're just telling me in my headset, it's going to be Kevin O'Connor. So uh, if you're looking for some NBA takes, KOC will be on the show. Again, the show is Through the Ringer, and we will see you on Friday. <laughs>